Good morning. How have you been holding up lately? It's been a, a rough year. A lot of unforeseen things have happened in 2020, and it seems like it's just continuing in 2021. We, we're, we're dealing with a lot of challenges and circumstances uh, that are just overwhelming uh, and seem to be more than we can bear. Trials and troubles, everything from sickness to our work to school to our relationships. It seems like old patterns and old ways of living have been disrupted, and it's hard for us to know how to respond. And for me, I, I found that in myself, I've had a lot more anxiety, stress, anger, irritability, and I keep facing situations where I'm, I'm just I'm kind of dropping the ball. I'm not, I'm not handling them the way I want to. And I think I realized in this last year just how much um, my faith needs to get stronger, how much more I need to be able to mature, because I want to be able to handle the situations and the things that I'm facing in life in a way that really honors and pleases God. I want to be filled with, with a confidence and a strength, integrity, courage. I want to have joy. I don't, I don't want my hope to be shaken by circumstances. I, I want to be able to continue day by day walking with my God, growing in my relationship with him, and doing the good work that he's given me to do. I, I want to have a sense of purpose no matter what the day may bring, because I know that I'm with my Father, working with him, doing things that really matter to him and to me, and I want to have the life that I see in the scriptures. But this last year has been, it's been rough. And it's rocked me and it's probably rocked you as well. And so in the kind of reflection of that, I think we can all acknowledge that um, we really need to grow stronger in our faith, spiritually, so that whatever comes, we can handle it in a way that honors God and that leads to our blessing and good. And there's just a lot going on. I mean, when you consider our culture, the kind of cultural mudslide that's occurring, the conflict, the injustice, the anger, and how does that make you feel? Now, are you finding yourself feeling you know, hopeless, discouraged, anxious, stressed? When you think about the future for your children, you maybe worried, like, what's the world going to be like for them? And what do I need to be doing? A lot of times I feel like I don't quite know what my part is, what my responsibilities are. And you, you may be feeling that as well. There's a lot of expectations that we have that are not coming through. And when your expectations are off and you don't get what you're wanting, it can mess you up for several days. And then we have these relationships in our lives, and sometimes it just feels like we're so busy, we're so stressed out, we're so tired, that we're not able to really make the most of the moments that we have. And if you feel this way, if you have this experience in any way, this is really a wake-up call to us as Christians that we have to get in shape spiritually. We have to train hard so that whatever comes, whether we live or die, whether we get a job or lose a job, whether the lockdown ends this month or it goes on for another year, whether we get to go back to school in person or we have to keep doing Zoom, whatever happens, we're able to respond and walk through this life with the kind of peace and strength and integrity and joy that God wants us to have. I mean, Jesus, he went through a tremendous amount of suffering and pain. All the disciples did. All throughout the scripture, God's people faced hard things. And yet, as they walked with God, and as they grew strong spiritually, they were able to face the day and face the circumstances. And in the end, go to their reward. And, and I want that, you want that as well. And that's why we're focusing on this message series, Back to Basics. We're focusing on Back to Basics because, well... This is what it requires for us to be prepared for the circumstances that we're facing. We have to train as hard spiritually as athletes train 
physically. And that's why we're using athletics as kind of an analogy. If you think about the Super Bowl, those athletes did amazing things. But it wasn't because they wanted to. It wasn't just sheer willpower. They were able to do amazing things on Sunday because of the training they put in from Monday to Saturday. And we have to train as hard in our spiritual disciplines as athletes train in physical disciplines. Because they don't know what's going to happen in a football game. They don't know what plays are going to be called or what they're going to need to do. But they're able to respond in amazing ways that we all are just excited to watch because of how they train themselves to be prepared for whatever comes. And God wants to train us to do that as well. He wants us to get back to basics and to practice spiritual disciplines throughout our lives so that whatever the game requires, we don't drop the ball. We make the play, so to speak. So what are these disciplines? Well, there are many spiritual disciplines, but the ones that we're focusing on in the series are prayer, the regular reading of, of God's word and meditation, memorizing scripture and using it in our everyday lives, and the regular fellowship and love and, and acts of love that we show to our brothers and sisters at church here at CIV. And so over the next several weeks, we're looking at that. And today we're going to be looking at prayer, which is our first discipline or, or spiritual habit that we have to get stronger and stronger at. Now, prayer is communicating with God about the life that we're living with him and for him. It's, it's living our whole life and talking to God about everything we're facing, everything we're doing with him. Prayer is communication with God. And most people are not happy with their prayer life. Most Christians, they wish they prayed more. They feel guilty about it. They feel like they're second-class Christians because of it. Because it's hard to pray. It's hard to develop a regular pattern of praying. Why is that? Why is it so hard to pray? Well, there's a, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, sometimes we don't pray because when we start to pray, we're just so anxious and so so stressed out about all the things there are to pray for. It's overwhelming. right? We think that we have to remember every little thing and it just becomes exhausting. Sometimes we don't pray because, well, we don't think it works. We don't think it's effective. Oftentimes we don't pray because we're distracted. Distraction is a major enemy of prayer. There's all these things that we do. We fill our life up with activities. And then we, we use every moment to, to be entertained or to do something else. And then we don't have any time to spend with God. And when we do sit down and spend time with God, our mind is racing. It's all over the place. You know, for me, prayer distraction number one is, is YouTube and podcasts and, and shows I can binge watch. For some of you, it's video games. It's Discord. It's TikTok. Others, it's hobbies and other things that you want to do. And these things can fill up our days so that we really don't have any time. We don't give any time to just spending time in God's presence talking to him about all that we're carrying and all that's going on in our life. So then we hit circumstances that are too much for us, and they just kind of knock us over. But prayer can really help us. Sometimes we don't pray because we're in a hurry. We're hurrying about all these busy tasks that we have to do. We feel like we have to constantly be doing things because if we don't, our whole world is going to fall apart. Because we believe that we're really God, that we're making it all happen, that we're controlling circumstances. And so we work and we work and we work at all these things we're doing. And we finally finish doing what we have to do. We want to spend whatever time we have left doing what we really want to do. And that's not praying. Sometimes we don't pray because we're bored. We just say the same things over and over again. And we don't know how to pray in a way that's not boring. And if something's boring to you, you don't want to do it. And when we, when we look at all the things that we're doing and all the things that are consuming our time, and we, we don't have time to pray, so to speak, what we realize is something even deeper. One of the reasons why we don't pray, a major reason why we don't pray, is idolatry. 
Idolatry in the Bible means there's anything we love or cherish, we look forward to, we hope in, we want more than God. There's all sorts of good things that God has given us in life to enjoy, but when we replace God with those things that he's made, we're practicing idolatry. And there's just a lot of things we'd rather do than spend time with God. It's hard to say that, but it's true. There's all sorts of things in our lives that we look forward to, we can't wait to get to, and that we're going to give our time to. When we think about giving time to just spending it with God in prayer, we don't really want to. And it's only when those things that we really love, we really like, we're really after, it could be you know, money, it could be entertainment, it could be food, sex, something that gives us just a little bit of pleasure in this hard life. You know, it could be the acclaim of other people, and that's what we're really after. And we only go to God in prayer when those things are threatened. But when we get them back, well, we don't need prayer anymore. And that's, that's a common experience. And so we, as Christians, are having to face harder and harder situations in our lives. And yet we're not in shape spiritually to respond to them. Because we don't practice regular prayer with God where he gives us strength and he helps us and resources us and strengthens us and allows us to lay our burdens down before him and to think ahead about what's coming so that we're prepared to face it with him. And then we drop the ball. We fumble and we regret. Sometimes we make really bad decisions that could have been avoided. And we don't want to live that way. So God has given us a lot of promises about prayer. He's given us promises because he knows how hard it is for us to pray. And there are things that God wants to do in us and through us that he's promised to do through prayer. I like to look at some of those to help motivate us to remember, oh, yeah, it really is valuable to spend time with God in prayer. Here are some of the things in the Bible that God promises to do for those of us who pray. Something that God says is he'll heal. God is a healer. And there's a lot of sickness in this world. There's COVID and cancer. There's broken bones and blood disorders. We live in a world that's, you know, dying and is full of sickness, and we need God to heal us. And so in James, it says this, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sin... He will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. This is a promise that God will heal. And I've seen God heal people. I've seen God heal people who are close to death. I've seen God heal people who have other physical problems. And I'm sure you have as well. God is generous. He's gracious. And he wants to pour out his grace in our lives. And and oftentimes that's healing. And so when we pray for people and for the things that they're facing in terms of sickness, oftentimes God will work in their lives. God also gives us wisdom when we ask for it. James 1 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, without reproach, and it will be given to him. God is wise. He knows exactly what we need to do. And if we'll ask him, he'll show us. And there's all these decisions that we're facing, all these circumstances that we're facing, all these pressures that we're facing. Well, we don't know what to do, but our father is wise and good, and he wants to pour out his wisdom, his understanding, and his direction on our lives. But we have to slow down. We have to pause the distractions. We have to stop hurrying. We have to slow down and enter his presence in prayer and really lay these things before him. And as we do that, God will bring answers. He'll bring direction. If we're patient and wait, we can trust him to do that. He also gives us power. There's a lot of you who are very tired, 
If you're a, if you're a, a mother of many children, you're exhausted. Right. If you have a, a job with a lot of responsibility, it wears you out. If you're a student and you're doing class online and there's all these things you're responsible for, you start to feel tired. You lose motivation. You lose desire. You lose energy. And then you go into a situation where you really need power, strength, energy to do things with your very best ability. And you don't have it. Our battery runs dry. And so God promises to recharge our batteries. He does it all throughout the Bible. But here's one, one verse in Isaiah 40. He says he gives power to the faint And to him who has no might, he increases strength. As we regularly spend time with God in prayer, we can look out in front of our day and look at the things that we're going to have to do, look at the things we're going to face, and see where we're going to need energy and strength, and ask God to give it to us ahead of time, going into those situations with confidence that as we extend our hand and as we pour ourselves out, God is going to refresh and refill us. And as we pray more and more, and it becomes a regular pattern and practice of our lives, we face situations that we didn't see coming, and we turn to God in prayer and ask him for strength. I've experienced this, physical strength, mental energy, endurance, where God has given it to me when I've asked, and I've experienced situations, and a lot lately, where I've tried to do it on my own strength, and my batteries are low, and I just kind of compromise, I get angry, I get irritable, I cave to sin, I let go, I back off, when I should be moving forward. And I'm sure you can identify with that. I need the strength that God gives. And as I enter his presence in prayer, he pours that out into me and into you. God also gives us protection. God can change people's hearts. We live in a world where much of what uh, determines our outcomes are decisions that other people make. Authorities that we don't have control over. Our boss, our teacher, our parents. Right? Our government leaders. And we want them to make wise decisions. We want them to do things that we need them to do so that we can accomplish the things that are in front of us. But we don't have control over them. But God can turn the hearts of any person. And God has done this throughout history. And so in the book of Proverbs, it says the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord, like a channel of water. He turns it wherever he wants. If you want to see this in action, read the book of Nehemiah. Here's a guy who basically sips the king's cup for a living. And he has this dream in his heart that he's going to go back to his hometown, Jerusalem. He's going to rebuild the walls. It's going to cost money. It's going to require resources. He needs manpower. He needs protection. Not exactly a request that a cupbearer is going to ask a king. Before he asks the king, he spends time with God in prayer. And he asks God to turn the king's heart, to give him favor. And the king says yes. And Nehemiah goes to his hometown and he rebuilds the wall. Because God has the ability to turn the hearts of anyone. And we need God to work in other people. And to turn their hearts towards what is good and right and just and wise. And so as we pray for these people, God will work in them. And then Jesus makes this amazing promise in John 15, 7, when it comes to prayer. He says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Whatever you wish? Is this a blank check prayer? Well, no, there's... There's a condition. It says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you. That means if my words, my commands, my way of thinking fills you so much that you see what I see and you want what I want and you're, you're thinking the way I'm thinking about it and you're after what I'm after, you're, you're with me trying to build my kingdom. If you are so, so uh, full of my words and commands that you can look at the situation and see what is really right and good and best as I do, ask for it and I will work and I will make that happen. That's an amazing prayer. But we have to align our hearts. We have to want what God wants. And oftentimes, it's in the process of praying regularly where God retunes our hearts in line with his heart. 
so that we can see our situation from his angle, so that we want what he wants, so that we feel what he feels, and we can ask for the things that he would want to be done in Jesus' name. Now, these are all great promises for prayer, and they are things that God does for us. But really, prayer is the primary way that we come into the presence of God and experience him. It's where we draw close to him, and that's what God wants. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to know him experientially. That's salvation. That's, that's the eternal life that Jesus came to give us. Prayer is a means to have that. It's a, it's a means to be in the presence of God and experience God in your life. And Jesus says this in John 17. He says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The eternal life that we want is knowing God personally, relationally. That's the kind of person he is. He's not a God God that's far off. He's a God who wants to be right there with us in the everyday details of our lives. Or better still, he wants us to be with him, working alongside him in what he's doing in this world. And that's the testimony of the disciples. If you read 1 John, one of the apostles, one of the disciples of Jesus, writes this to the church and to us. He says, what we have seen and heard and announced to you also We announce to you also so that you will join with us in the fellowship that we have with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this in order that our joy may be complete. It would just complete our joy. It would just make us so happy if you would come into the fellowship that we have with God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are co-workers with God now. In his kingdom, we're working alongside him in our everyday lives as we are parents and spouses and roommates and workers and students and friends and brothers and sisters. We are working with God, doing good in the day-to-day situations that we are facing. And God wants us to fellowship with him. And as we talk with God, as we pray, as we turn our attention to him, as we include him and involve him in what we're doing, and we try to get involved in what he's doing, See our circumstances from his point of view. We experience the fellowship that God wants us to have with him. And that motivates and energizes and helps us to face whatever circumstances come. This is how you train spiritually. You develop a regular pattern of prayer and spending time with God. And so this begs the question, well, then how do you do it? Because for a lot of us, we don't know how to pray. We don't really know what to say or what to do. And that's a very common thing that people feel. And that's what the disciples felt. And that's what the disciples asked Jesus how to do. And that's what I'd like to look at next. How do we pray? So the disciples came to Jesus and they saw the relationship that he had with God. They saw how much power was in his life. They saw the intimacy he had with his father. They saw his joy and his peace no matter what the circumstances was. Uh, They saw how he made the right choices in really tough situations. And they wanted that kind of relationship with God. And they could see that his prayer life, his time spent speaking with the Father, was the key to it. So they asked him, how how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, sure. And this is what Jesus said. He said, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, this is a prayer that many of you may have memorized. When I was a child, my mom taught me how to pray. And this is something that I recited each night before bed, but I didn't really know what it meant. And really what this is, is this is a way for us to enter into God's 
presence. And this prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray helps us to direct our prayers towards God and to really pour our heart out to God. It's a guide for how to speak to our Father in heaven. And you can pray this prayer anytime. You can start each day by reciting the Lord's Prayer in your mind and then personalizing it and customizing it to your day, your heart, your circumstances, and your situation. And if you begin the day, or you go and take a break and go for a walk, and you pray through the Lord's Prayer, it will reset your heart. You'll be able to unload your burdens. You'll be able to see your circumstances clearly. You'll be able to turn down the hurry and the distraction and the voices in your mind. You'll be able to receive from God the grace that he wants to give you, so that after that time of prayer, you can go into your life, into the situations you're facing, and handle it in a way that is wise and good. God refreshes us as we spend time, and this is a guide prayer for us. So what I'd like to do is just model how you pray the Bible, how you pray the Lord's Prayer. And you can do this with any verse in the Bible. You can do this with any passage of Scripture. The Psalms is a book of prayer, and it's a great place to start if you don't know how to pray. You just read through the psalm line by line, and then you pray it to God. You personalize it. You use it as a guide for what you should be saying. You listen to what the psalmist is saying about his life, and you talk to God about your life in the same category. So I'd like to show you what this could look like for you, and uh, hopefully it helps you. So if you were to pray the Lord's Prayer, say tomorrow morning or even today, you would start off by saying, Our Father in heaven. Father, you are my Father. You love me. You have chosen to adopt me into your son. Thank you that you've made me one of your children. You're a good father. You, you care for me. You, you actually care about my development. You have taken personal responsibility over me. You're going to provide for me. You're going to give me direction. You want me to develop. You're my children's father. You, you, you care about all of your kids. You're, you're the father of my wife. And I know you'll take care of her as well. Father, I I want to be a good son. I I want to be like you. I want to learn how to live life like you do. I want to be full of joy and peace. There's all sorts of things that I'm facing, Father, that are too big for me. Would you, would you help me? Thank you, Father, that you, you have protected me and that you have brought me into your family. And I just pray that you'd help me to be a father like you're a father. You're my father in heaven. That means that you're always with me. You're not limited by time and space. You're above it all. You see everything. You're in control. There's no place that I can go where you're not going to be with me. There's nothing that I'm going to face where I can't call out to you because you're not located in one place at one time, but you're above it all. You're my father in heaven. There's no government or person or thing that could keep me from you because you're always with me. And I want to be with you. And then you may go on to the next verse, which says, hallowed be thy name. Father, I want to hallow your name. I, I want you to be number one in my life. I, I want you to be the most important person. I want you to be number one. I want to honor you in everything I do. I know I don't. I know that there's other things that I hallow more than you, that there's rivals in my life for my attention and my affection. But I want to. I, I want to please you. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to be who you want me to be. I want to say what you want me to say. I, I give you my life. I want to hallow you in all that I do. And Father, I want my children to hallow you, and I want my wife to hallow you, and I want that person and this person to really make you their number one thing. And would you show me the things in my life that are competing for your, for, for, for first place? I just, uh, I, I hallow your name. Then you can go on to the next part of the verse, which says, Your kingdom come, and your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And you may say something like, 
Father, what is your will for me today? Here, here are all the things that are coming today. Here's my calendar. I want to open it up, and I want to look through what I'm going to be doing today. And I want you to tell me what your will is. Is there anything that I need to change or rearrange? Is there something missing? Is there something that I need to let go of? I want to do your will. I want your kingdom to come. I, I want to, to live my life in a way that's pleasing to you. And so here's something that I'm doing in my life that I know is not your will. Would you help me uh, to let that go? Father, I'm facing this decision. I don't quite know what to do. Would you show me what your will is? And Father, I, I want your kingdom to come in my family. There are things going on right now in my family that I know are not your will. I don't know how to solve it. I don't know what to say or do. Would you show me how to face this and how to handle this in a way that's pleasing to you? And this, of course, will involve reading the Bible and getting to know what God's will is. And that's something we're going to be looking at next week. But if you are reading the scriptures regularly and hearing what God's will is, you'll have a clear and clear understanding of what God wants for you. And so you pray this to say, I'm, I want what you want for me. I want what's best for me based on your point of view. Lord, here are some things that I think you want that I'm asking you to give me. But whatever it is that you want for me, that's what I want. Not my will, but your will be done. Father, here are some things that I'd really like to see happen today. I would like this to happen. I'd like them to do this. And I'd like this circumstance to be worked out this way. But I only want that if that's your will. And then if you look around at the world, you say, it's, you know, Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, here are some things going on in my life, in this world that I don't think are your will. I see this and they did that. And here's what's going on. And this is stressing me out. And I'm worried about this. And I'm frustrated about that. Lord, I pray that you would bring those things in line with your will. I'm going to give those things to you hand them over to you and ask that your will be done in those things and show me what my part is. Like, what, what can I do to help other people come to know you and to, to live and to handle a situation in a way that's pleasing to you? Now, hopefully by now you can see that if you just start by praying this, a lot of the weight on your shoulders comes off. It's what you're really doing is you're, you're, you're stepping into God's presence and really aligning yourself with him. You're acknowledging his, his first place in your life. You're, you're recognizing that he's a good father who's going to take good care of you. And as you consider just how good and powerful God is, the problems that you have, they get smaller. And as you tell God, I want what you want, and I'm willing to do what you want me to do, as you look at your day and try to figure out how to please God in that, a lot of the distractions, a lot of things that are not important, things that are wear, wearing you out, they, they get turned down. And so then you can continue on in prayer and say, give us today our daily bread. Father, here are the things that I really need. Not my daily frappuccino, not my daily cake, but the, the, the bread, the thing I need to survive. Here are the things that I think you want me to do. Here's the responsibilities you've given me. And here's what I need. God, I need energy here. Here's a problem I'm facing. I don't know the answer. Would you, would you give it to me? Father, here's a need I have financially or in a relationship. Father, here's what I need. And, and this is a time for you to lay out the things that you want and need in your life. And when you give them to God, when you ask him to give them to you, you let them go. You trust that your father in heaven who loves you, who's good, is going to take care of your needs. And because you've said your will be done and not my will be done, if they don't come, then you trust that God is either saying no, wait, it's not good for you. So you can just be confident that your God is going to take care of you, that he loves you. And so you can ask for these things that you need and God will provide them for you. And then it says our daily bread. This is a great time for you to pray for other people. Father, this person really has a need here. And this person needs this. And would you provide this for that person? You start to bring before God the people in your life that you know 
who have needs and you ask God to meet those needs. You may want to call a friend or ask them how you can better pray for them, but this is a time for you to do that. And as you turn those desires, those needs, those tensions, those problems over to God, he gives you his peace. He releases you. He, he lightens your load. And your soul begins to be restored. And the weight and the pressure that's just eating you up begins to dissolve. Jesus goes on to say that then you should pray and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now that is a key part of all the tensions and struggles that we're facing. We really want to tell the Lord, Father, this is this, these are the sins in my life. I just want to be honest. Here are the things that I'm struggling with. Here are the things that are rivals for first place in my life. Here's what I'm loving more than you. Here's what I'm chasing after. Or, Father, here are some sins that I'm struggling with that I've committed. Please forgive me. I, I, I'm so grateful that you're not punishing me for my sins, but that you sent your son Jesus to take the punishment for my sins. And I just want to get them all out here in the open. You know them. I know them. Here are the sins that I've committed. Please forgive me. I, I accept the sacrifice of Christ for all of those sins that I've committed. And I thank you for your forgiveness. And you want to really slow down and really be honest and open with God about you and who you are. Ask God to show you, Father, is there any sin in my life that I don't see? Would you show me that sin? And be patient. Trust that God over time will show you those things. And then bring those things to God, confessing your sins and acknowledging your need for him. And then it says, as we also forgive our debtors. There are all sorts of people, Father, in my life right now that are frustrating me, that I'm angry at, that I don't like, that have offended me. And you just start telling God. You know, it could be a relationship, your spouse, your brother, your sister, your roommate, your coworker. You could be upset with the president, with the governor, with the, a coach. But here are the people that I'm, I'm frustrated with, I'm offended by. And Father, I release them from having to pay me back just the way that you've released me. Father, I, I don't want to hold a grudge. Would you help me let it go? And then what you want to do is pray for them. Father, I want to pray good for them. I want, to, I want to ask you to do some good things in their life. And then hold that person before you in your mind. If you're really frustrated with Gavin Newsom, pray for him. Think about him. If you're really frustrated with your spouse, with your kids, with your brother or sister, think about them and pray for them. Start imagining in your mind what would be really good for them. What do they really need? And ask God to give that to them. Because it's very hard to stay angry at bitter at people when you're praying for them. When you start praying for somebody and really asking God to do good for them, he loosens and breaks the hold of bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts. And we start to have a far more loving and patient spirit so that when we go through our life and people do things that we don't like, we're not so quick to be angry and judge because our Father is with us. He has forgiven us. He will work in their lives. He will give us what we need, our daily bread. He'll show us what to do, his will. And so we're okay. There's nothing that God wants me to do that I can't do, ever. There's never going to be something that I face that's going to keep me from being able to do what God wants me to do, if that's what I want to do, most and, and first and foremost. And so as I pray through the Lord's Prayer, as I align my heart with his will, I can go into my situations and just let go of so many things that are upsetting me and frustrating me. And there's a lot of things that have been upsetting me and frustrating me, and I'm sure you felt that way too. But this is a part of the prayer where we can really, really release those things. And then Jesus wraps up by saying, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, I am really being tempted right now. There's all, I'm, I'm anxious about this. I'm stressed out about that. I'm being tempted to give in to anger here. I'm, I'm being tempted to be afraid here. 
There's all these scenarios I'm running in my mind that are, that are tempting me to like give them my attention. Father, here are the things that I'm facing today that I know are going to tempt me. Let's, let's look at my day today. Father, here are the things that I know are going to tempt me. Would you help me? Give me energy. Why are they tempting me? What's behind that? And just talk to God about it. Tell him that, that you're weak and that you need his help and his protection. And then deliver us from evil. There's a lot of things in the future. There's a lot of things going on in our society that you feel are wrong, are evil, and you're worried about them. Tell God, God, here are some things that I think are evil, that are not right, that are not good. And I want to ask you to protect me and deliver me from them. I want you to stop them. I want you to please work here and, and, and hold back this evil. Here's the evil in me, in my life, in my circumstances, at my job. Here's some things that are not right and not good going on in my neighborhood or in my city or in my job or in my class or whatever it is, these things are not good. They're not right. And I just want to talk to you about them and tell you what I'm feeling about them and ask for you to stop them, to work on them, to, to fix it, to protect me from them. Now, when you do this, when you pray through the Lord's Prayer, you have just turned over to the Lord your burdens, your worries. You have just asked God to give you what you need. You have reset your soul to recognize that you're with God and he's with you and he's your father and he loves you. And that makes you feel safe. That will refresh you. God will give you peace. He'll give you energy. He'll give you joy as you do this. It's amazing how you experience it. You can feel the weight lifting off your shoulder. You can see your mind sharpening and really beginning to read the situations rightly. You're not alone. You're not by yourself facing these big things. You're with God, your father, and nothing is bigger than him. So you can relax. You can rest. You can just step by step go through your day with a joy that comes from being with him, being with your father. And if you did this each day, how would that affect you? Well, that would strengthen you. That would change your perspective. That would reset your emotions. That would give you the power you need to face every situation and make the right choices and handle things well and not be worn out, discouraged, distracted, intimidated, terrified. That's what praying the Lord's Prayer can do for you. And so I hope you'll consider doing that. And you can do this with any part of the Bible. You can take the Psalms, you can take any passage, and as you read it line by line, you just pray what comes to mind in that category. And that's what keeps your prayers fresh, right? That's what keeps it from being boring. Because as you pray through the Bible, each thing that you're reading is speaking to a different experience that you're having, and you can turn it over to God, and it becomes a joy. You actually enjoy this. And you realize very quickly, I can do this anytime. I could do it in the shower. I could do it in the car. I can do it anytime. And that ties into our next week's message, which is reading the Bible and meditating on it. And the week after that, which is taking what you've read, memorizing so that you can pray through that through your day. And this will transform you. This will make you strong spiritually. This will, this will make you uh, spiritually in shape the way these athletes are in shape so that when you face these amazing situations in the game of your life, You'll catch the ball. You'll, you'll make the right play. You'll make the right choice. And that will bless you. That will bless the people around you. And that will help you accomplish what God has given you uniquely to do today. So that's how. At this point, it may be helpful just to talk about a couple of methods. Some methods for praying. Where do I get started? What do I do? Just like an athlete, they have a schedule. They have a plan. They have a routine. They don't just get up in the day and say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go work out. But they actually have it thought through because methods are what we do to be able to accomplish what we can't accomplish through direct effort. 
Right? We practice guitar, not because we want to practice guitar, but because we want to play an amazing song. We, we, we do drills and practice, not because we want to do drills and practice, but because we want to be able to make the play in the game. And we spend time with God regularly so that we can fellowship with him, but also so that he can strengthen us so that we can handle whatever we're facing. And we're facing a lot. So here's a couple of method, methods. First of all, pray first. Before you do anything, pray. Don't act and then pray after the fact, but pray. And then do your very best. If there's a problem you're facing, a need you have, if there's something that's worrying you, a tension, if there's some sort of question that you have that you don't know the answer to, pray about it. Pray about it for three days. Just keep bringing it before God whenever it comes up and ask him to help you and wait before you take any action. If you can, you know, some things you have to act on immediately, but a lot of things we don't. We just need to turn them over to God in prayer. Prayer first. Number two, start your day with the Lord's Prayer. This week, I want to encourage you to start each day praying through the Lord's Prayer. And you may be thinking, well, that took a long time, Matt. Well, yeah, it did, but we spent a lot of time watching shows, playing video games on Discord. We spent a lot of time doing all sorts of fun things we like to do. It's worth it. It's worth the time. Because if we, get, we get to spend time with the living God. We get to spend time with God. And we get to give him all the things on our heart. And we get to receive from him what he wants to give us. And that's what we were created for. This is the eternal life. So just start the week each day praying through the Lord's Prayer or another passage of Scripture. You may consider the 23rd Psalm. That's a great, a great Psalm to pray through. I also want to encourage you to pray at regular intervals. Now, attached to the message outline uh, online is, a, is a, uh, a prayer plan that you can use. Things to pray on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. You can pray in the shower. You can pray anytime. But it actually gives you a plan that you can put into practice. And you may consider downloading that and trying that for a week. It will transform your life. It really will. And as you experience the blessing of, of regular prayer, uh, it, you, it will have a momentum of its own. And God can really strengthen you and use you. You don't want to miss out on this. We have to be willing to train spiritually as hard as athletes train physically. We have to be willing to do that. These are just a couple methods that you could use to begin resetting your prayer life. Now, we're going through difficult days in this country. And anybody who is looking ahead can see that our culture is quickly going from post-Christian to anti-Christian, where we may have to pay a higher and higher price to walk faithfully with our Lord. And so we have to be strengthened spiritually. Now is the time to get back to basics. Now is the time to strengthen and practice these spiritual disciplines so that God can make us mature and complete, not lacking anything, so that we can face every situation with integrity and courage and joy and love, so that we won't compromise or cave when our society is trying to tell us to uh, say something that is false is true or something that is true is false, so that we can really give our undivided attention to the things that we're facing right now because we're not worried about everything else because we've turned that over to our Father in our time in prayer. This is available to you. This is the life that Jesus came to give us. He wants to teach you how to pray like that. It's experimental. It's a lot of fun. But the key is you make a decision. I am going to begin training as hard as athletes train for sports because the prize is far more valuable in our life. The prize is intimacy with God and accomplishing the work that he's given us to do. And if that's what you want, if that's what you want for your children, for your spouse, if that's what you want for your life, then begin training in prayer today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for showing us how we can come into your presence. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus, 
who has removed the sin that separated us from you and who has brought us into your kingdom. You are good. You love us. You are going to take good care of us. But there's so much that weighs us down. There's so much that frightens us. There's so much that we're facing that is huge. It's gigantic. And yet we get hurried and distracted and we try to handle it ourselves. And it just, it overwhelms us. We don't want that for 2021. This year, we want to grow in our faith. We want to become mature and strong. And we can see from your word that time spent in prayer with you is the key. So would you give us the desire to do it? Would you help us to sustain this plan, this method, to do it over and over and over again? And would you bless that time with us? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.